This man didn't get a lot of sleep. David Aiken, chief political correspondent for Global News. Welcome to the show, David. Good to have you here. And thanks for, you know, being up and around so early. It's uh, all part of the job. And, you know, elections, normally I'd say elections only come once every four years. But, uh, Kelly, you know, we may be into it again in, I don't know, a year, 18 months. Yeah, that's what people uh, are saying. Still waiting four years, that's for sure. Justin Trudeau's liberals managed to win re-election last night, and they have been reduced to minority government. They won 157 seats. They needed 170 for that majority. Uh, you were talking about this yesterday, so should we consider this a slap on the wrist for Trudeau's conflict of interest? Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know if we can say for the conflict of interest necessarily or the ethics violations or the blackface, brownface. Uh, I think it's just a general disillusionment by what we'll call broadly progressive voters in that uh, their guy was not so progressive uh, after all. And that was certainly the pitch that both Elizabeth May and Jagmeet Singh were making on the campaign trail, which was elect us to keep uh, Trudeau to his promises. So somewhere between a slap on the wrist and a kick in the butt, um, you know, a little more serious in one and less than the other. And now Trudeau's got to figure out how to get along. He's got a few choices, Uh, liberal plus NDP votes gives him uh, enough support to sustain a budget, to sustain a confidence vote on a throne speech. But so does Liberal plus Bloc Québécois. And, uh, and of course, Liberal plus Conservative would as well, but that would likely not happen uh, too often. Um, the Bloc Québécois is kind of interesting because the, the leader there, Yves-Francois Blanchette, had a great night, had a great campaign. Uh, the Bloc is back in a big way. And um, he was signaling that he's really going to approach things on a case-by-case basis. He wasn't ideologically opposed to, say, a pipeline from Alberta to B.C. being expanded. Of course, he doesn't want anything to do with a pipeline coming through Quebec, but he may shrug his shoulders at a pipeline somewhere else in the country because it doesn't involve Quebec. So long as when Trudeau tries to implement something that involves Quebec, it's going to have to be through a Quebec-first sort of uh, um, prism. Now, the other national unity problem we have is the West. You can drive from downtown Winnipeg all the way to the outskirts of Vancouver and never hit a liberal. Ralph Goodale, lost in Regina. And Marjit Sohi, the liberal uh, natural resource minister, is lost up in Edmonton. There's no liberals between downtown Winnipeg and the outskirts of Vancouver. That's a big problem. Who do you put in cabinet from Alberta? Who do you put in cabinet from Saskatchewan? Um, I don't know how Trudeau's going to solve that problem, and he's not taking questions from uh, reporters today. So uh, that's going to be an issue. Well, David, we you br- you bring that up, but I have to just, if I can just interject for a second here, uh, interject, interrupt, so close. Um, Alberta, uh, one of the callers that we just had on brought up the fact that they, they could maybe, he suggests maybe they work on their own block. Do you think that that's a possibility? I was just going to say, and that would be taking a cue from, from Premier Kenny, from Jason Kenny, who yesterday and many other times has said, you know, this is Kenny speaking, he's a federalist, uh, he believes in the United Canada, but he may start to take a page, as he said, out of the Quebec playbook, which is the, you know, Quebecers um, demand and they threaten, et cetera, et cetera, and they get from the federal government. And he thinks maybe it's time for Alberta to do the same thing. Now, what form that will take, we'll see. I mean, I mentioned a minute ago, what does Trudeau do about this problem? He's not got any cabinet ministers. Well, one thing I think that Trudeau may want to consider is reaching out to Premiers Kenny and the Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. They're both conservatives. They're both deeply opposed to all sorts of the Trudeau agenda. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it would be incumbent on Trudeau to make the first move there to see if there's any bridges that can be built with those two provinces. And those two premiers are influential. They're very popular among 
their own constituents. I should bring in Manitoba's Premier Brian Pallister. I mean, just remember, I got off the Manitoba election campaign trail literally the day before this federal one started. The day before this federal campaign started, Brian Pallister, the conservative premier of Manitoba, won a smashing majority victory. So you've got majority conservative premiers right across the West there, and Trudeau's going to have to figure out how to deal with those guys. Now, Trudeau won uh, all the seats in Toronto yesterday. So uh, how good is is Trudeau for Toronto? Because he just uh, promised that we'd be getting a lot of money for uh, the subway expansions. Yeah, and I'm going to, I mean, I'm I'm still going through the final results to see how well that that the Liberals did in Ontario, and Toronto's a key part of that. But I think they may have done better. Uh, They won 80 seats in 2015. They finished, I think, with 77 seats in Ontario. And I think uh, the last one, I, when I went to bed at 3.30 in the morning, I think they were at 79 seats or something like that. Uh, they picked up a seat, uh, I think, here or there. Uh, so, so that was all Toronto in the 905 stayed right red, stayed with Trudeau. And that is the Ford fear factor, is what I'll call it. And that was what Trudeau, the Trudeau liberals were pressing in the final days. You know, Doug Ford equals cuts. Doug Ford equals Andrew Scheer, therefore Andrew Scheer equals cuts. And it may have been unfair, it may not even be true, but uh, enough voters bought that geometry and they went with the Liberals. In fact, we had our pollster polling partner, Ipsos, was polling, doing exit day polling yesterday. And uh, 57% of Ontario voters went into the ballot box with Doug Ford on their mind. He was a significant factor. And if you went into the, the, if you went into the polling booth with Doug Ford on your mind, uh, you were probably not voting for Andrew Scheer. Right. Let's talk about how ugly this campaign got. I mean, it got nasty and it got personal and rightfully so. You know, we found out our prime minister has done uh, blackface not not only three times, but he doesn't remember how many times. And then we had the two ex- ethics violations. We had Andrew Scheer with the uh, the dual citizenship, like the two passports. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, nothing could stick to Justin Trudeau. I mean, he did get a, a minority. He, he won the most seats as far as... Uh, as the Liberals go, so they've got the minority government. What does that say about Canadians and what we're willing to uh, look uh, past? Well, uh, our friend Supriya Dewey, she made the point last night in our program that, you know, Trudeau gets held to a different standard. He gets held to the standard that, you know, celebrities get held to, which is, you know, people seem to be a little more forgiving. And, and to Trudeau's credit, I mean, I've never seen a guy try to apologize so much and so well as Trudeau did when that blackface, brownface thing came. And I think a lot of Canadians, a lot of Canadians of color gave him uh, some acknowledgement of that, and it may not have played a factor in, in his uh, in their decision. Liberals I spoke to while I was out on the campaign trail, liberals, and this is before blackface, brownface hit, liberals I spoke to on the campaign trail, they were disappointed with Trudeau. And one of the things is that India trip, India, the India trip among liberals, it made them feel embarrassed about mm-hmm. the choice they made. And so in a lot of cases where there was a liberal stronghold, I think they voted for the liberal. I'll give you one example. I know I was talking to Francesco Sobera, who is the uh, Liberal MP up in uh, uh, Vaughn Woodbridge. Uh, he won last night, won pretty handily. And, uh, you know, when he was campaigning, it was uh, he was telling me that a lot of his supporters were saying, we're voting for you, Francesco. Now, I should point out, there's no riding in the country with more Italians than Vaughn Woodbridge. I think it's something like 55,000 Italians in Vaughn Woodbridge. And with a name like Francesco Sobera, he can count on support there. But I heard that from a lot of Liberals, that they were counting on their own work and their own name. Um, Andrew Cash was running against uh, liberal, Andrew Cash, New, New Democrat, running against liberal Julie Zerowitz in Davenport, right downtown. And Andrew was saying that this was a rematch from 2015 when, when Zerowitz beat Cash. 
And in 2015, Andrew Cash says, at every debate that Julie Zerowitz was at, uh, she couldn't talk about Trudeau enough. Well, guess what? At every debate they had in the last month, Andrew, Andrew says he didn't hear Julie mention Trudeau once. I mean, that's how bad the Trudeau brand has been hurt. That's why Ralph Goodale lost in Regina. Ralph's very popular personally in Regina, um, and even conservatives in Regina like Ralph. But Brad Wall, the former premier of Saskatchewan, said Goodale lost because of the Trudeau brand. So his brand has taken a bit of tarnish, and he's going to hear about it at the first caucus meeting he has. Uh, caucus is going to have a little more control and a little more power, and uh, they may want some changes inside the PMO. And I think they, they, Trudeau might want to listen to what his caucus has to say about that. And where's Butts going to be in all of this? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's it. That's the PMO. There was a lot of complaining about Gerald Butts. Gerald Butts uh, was Trudeau's principal secretary, then quit mm-hmm. in the SNC-Lavalin affair, and then came back to work on the campaign. So Butts is no longer part of the PMO. He was part of the campaign. So uh, he doesn't have to quit or be removed. Yeah. But maybe Trudeau looks for a new principal secretary. Um, his chief of staff, Katie Telford, has been with him since day one. Um, you know, it, it would not be unusual for Katie Telford to say, thank you, I've done my four years. Stephen Harper went through the 10 years, I think he went through one, two, I'm trying to think, about four chiefs of staff. I might have got one wrong there. He went through a communications director every year. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's a high-pressure, high-stakes job. But you might also want to change things up to adjust to new realities. And we have a very new reality. A minority government requires a completely different skill set than um, what they had running a majority government for the last uh, last four years. David, finally, I want to ask you this. You brought up 2015, so let's go there. Uh, Trudeau promised election reform, and uh, mm-hmm. do you think we're going to see it? I don't think so. For one reason, I just don't think we'll have time to put a new system in place before we get to a minority election. I think they, the real that was the real opportunity. To, if you had a majority government, take your time to get new systems in place. Uh, the NDP may press for it. Certainly the Greens were talking about that last night. But I'm seeing all sorts of reaction from conservatives who are saying, hey, we knew the rules going in straight. We won the popular vote. We don't have the, the, all, all the seats we want, but that's the way it works. And they are not, uh, as they say, they're not going to be bellyaching and crybaby, crybabying about the fact that, uh, you know, a different kind of system would have given them government. Uh, you know, I think the conservatives want to put their heads down and think about, how they can attract 4 or 5% more of the popular vote towards the center, to their left. And if there was a strategic miscalculation from Andrew Scheer's team, um, I think it was that they didn't figure a path out to winning some of the voters in Vaughn Woodbridge or in King Vaughn or in, uh, in Whitby or in Burlington. Those are the ridings that they have to have if they're ever going to form government again. Well, David, uh, speaking of putting your head down, I think you probably should deserve a uh, well-earned rest, so I'm going to leave it at that, and thank you very much for your time. No problem, Kelly. Have a great morning. Cheers. Same to you. David Aiken, our chief political correspondent here at Global.